0: From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Arena, Oxford's definition. A level area surrounded by seats for spectators in which sports and other events are held.
1: Fancy, eh?
0: This is the Arena with Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. How
1: much baseball did you play growing up?
2: Oh, Joe, I played uh, I played all the way until uh, I was uh, 15 years old, until I had to...
1: Like make... actual competitive... Competitive nut, baseball. Not just sitting in the back alley, nope. you know, with a stick and a...
2: Yeah, until I had to make the choice between... Uh, a choice you should never have to make, <laughs> listeners, by the way. You should never have to make this choice. You should always play both.
1: Tune into like the episode three or whatever it was. was, Yeah, episode
2: two or three. It's called Specialization versus Multisport, just in case. Uh, No, I. Shameless self promotion. (laughs) It was probably, it started at five T ball, uh, went to coach pitch, uh, then went to. uh, they call it majors and minors. It's mm-hmm. kind of the little league uh, you know level at I think it's ten in the level, played uh, a year of minors, two years of majors, moved on to juniors. and then uh, you yeah, had to make the dreaded decision, chose hockey and regret it to this day. How about you, Joe? <laughs> so that
1: explains why you're such a good ball player when it comes to you know playing slow pitch. Now I understand that I'm my past in baseball is is not as uh, filling as yours per se. I did coach pitch while well, t ball and then coach pitch. And then growing up in southern Alberta, you've got to start traveling, right? Yeah. Like my, my town had 250 people in it. So
2: And when you're a farm kid who's got chores to do every yeah, day, especially it's a in the summer,
1: tough. it's not exactly the easiest yeah, the thing in the world. Schedules so. don't match up well, do you? I got I remember Coach Pitch, I think I only played home games. Like we didn't actually travel yeah. with the team just because mom and dad couldn't get the time to do it. But I always had that affinity for the game. And it's been kind of cool to watch the game sort of progress here in Alberta. Well yeah, in and if, sense.
2: And and to your point, Joe, if we if anybody ever needs a ball player, Joe McFarland <laughs> is usually game to play. If you if you're wondering how much he loves Keep the in game. Mind,
1: beer league, slow pitch, <laughs> yeah. nothing more, nothing. Like anything competitive, like if you need somebody that is going to be like uh mashing dingers. Ain't going to be this guy. Ain't
2: going to be either of these guys. You're
1: going to have to call Big Al
2: down at the Little League World Series.
0: (laughs) Hi, my name's Alfred D'Elia. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit
2: dingers. Uh, Big Al. Hopefully, he does well in the Little League World Series this weekend.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of the Little League World Series, and and that's kind of the focus that we want to take with uh, today's edition of the arena here on 770 CHQR, as well as wherever you find your favorite podcasts. What is the state of the game here in Alberta and here in Calgary? There's been a lot of talk about the sport here in Calgary in particular because of Mike Soroka. Before I forget, hopefully Mike uh, recovers well. He's been injured for the last couple of months, and it sounds like his chances of return aren't very good. But when you look at the state of the game and you look at how strong the crowds are down in Okotoks and and you look at the WNBL as a whole, and now they're expanding and doing some things differently, you see the the game at, a, at the grassroots level really doing well. It kind of speaks to a few different things that I think we want to talk about through the course of this episode in terms of sort of the growth of the game and are people trying to get out of hockey and football? Are they looking at the costs? Are they looking at concussions and saying, hey, baseball is less violent? There's a lot of different factors, but when you look at just Little League numbers and and some of the the lower-level numbers – the numbers are spiking across the province. It's a it's a cool thing to see. Is all of a sudden you've got a, a number three or number four sport if you include soccer in the mix.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity right now to you not know, only go and watch some uh, some good Alberta baseball and uh, there's opportunity for young people to get involved in play. And like you said, Joe, the registration numbers are up. And uh, yeah, we're gonna find out a little bit why. I think uh, you know you talked about hockey and football. It's a it's a big part. And you know how big the the concussion news is these days and how much it's uh, it's prevalent in the news cycle and stuff so it'll be fun to talk about that and then also yeah talk about guys like Mike Soroka and of course James Paxton who had the uh, the no-hitter against the Blue Jays this year which was just great Canadiana baseball it's yeah. <laughs> just a great and moment. especially
1: when it's Canada's second team with being the Seattle Mariners yeah, that like, doesn't hurt things either you can't paint a
2: better picture so uh, it's gonna be a, a fun uh, a fun show and uh, we got a pretty good guest don't we
1: absolutely let's welcome Darren Kinder to the program he is with Baseball Alberta Darren welcome to the program my pleasure to be here uh, so baseball in Alberta, give us a bit of a snapshot on sort of some of the registration numbers, what you guys are seeing in terms of some of the, the trends that are starting to develop with, uh, when it comes to kids getting involved in the game.
0: Yeah, we've seen uh, some very significant growth in uh, player participation in baseball across Alberta, um, to give you kind of a, a sort of a picture of that. You know, over the last 12 years, we've grown from about 8,400 players to last, last year, we were just under 18,000 players, uh, which is, um, for our small little sport, uh, much smaller than, say, hockey or soccer would be uh, as a minor sport in the province, uh, it certainly shows great growth for us.
1: What do you guys attribute that to?
0: You know, I think there's a number of factors. Um, you know, certainly more recently we could point to the success of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know, returning to the postseason in, uh, in 2016 obviously was a, a really big boost for interest in the sport. Uh, certainly this prompted a lot more phone calls and, and queries and, uh, from parents on how to get their kids involved than maybe we had seen before. Um, but you know that that trend is is kind of more recent. The overall trend, I think, has has been up more because some of the grassroots program that we've that we've created, and um, probably at the front of the list would be a, a program called uh, the DQ Rally Cap Program from uh, Baseball Canada. Which is really a fundamental ge- grassroots program to teach basic baseball skills to to the youngest players eight year old players can learn how to catch and throw and hit and run and 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 all those basic building blocks of being you know good baseball players and good athletes for that matter
1: mm-hmm. so in terms of that program, and one of the things we were talking about sort of beforehand was the the idea of of getting kids to be better all-around baseball players as well. And and a guy like uh, Otani out of Anaheim, and, and there have been some really good success stories out of guys who are multidisciplinary within their own sport. Speak about sort of the the focus that Baseball Alberta has taken in trying to develop baseball players as compared to outfielders or catchers or first basemen or pitchers.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think um, probably the the start of this was probably about – Ten years ago when we introduced um, uh, the pitch count rules, as, the, as we call them in the sport, uh, which restrict the number of pitches that players can throw uh, prior to needing uh, uh, specific amounts of rest before they can pitch again. Um, we were kind of pioneers in that area. We piloted the program for Baseball Canada. It has since been rolled out nationally. Um, and, and even in the U.S., I know that uh, Little League now has adopted some, some pitch count rules here probably about three or four years ago. Um, what that's created is a situation where teams now have to develop more pitching. And so when you develop more pitching, you create more opportunities for those young players to be able to learn that part of the game and and be involved in fundamentally a really important part of the game, the balls in the pitcher's hand for much of the game. And um, um, this, I think, encourages uh, players to participate, encourages them to stay with the sport, and I think has been a factor in our growth for sure.
2: What are, some of the, uh, what are some of the challenges uh, in, in, you know, growing the sport? I, I had an interesting uh, conversation with one of the guys I play slow pitch with the other night, and it was, you know, we were both 14 years old, and it became, you know, almost that time uh, where you had to make the decision to, you know, choose baseball or hockey or baseball or football. You know, is, is, are you guys doing anything to, to kind of change that, you know, you don't have to choose hockey, you don't have to choose, you can, you can stay and play baseball and, you know, play two sports at one time?
0: yeah you know that that's a really great question um one that i know that several in in the baseball community have have pondered i I believe that our focus really is on trying to encourage multi-sport athletes um and you know i use this term athlete over and over and over because really you know it's not just about trying to be a great baseball player or a great hockey player Um, sports really is about learning a whole bunch of athletic skills and i think Baseball is a sport that offers an opportunity to teach and and learn many of them, running and throwing and all these sort of basic building block skills that that would help you in in all kinds of different sports. You know, like all sports, uh, we're starting to creep into the off season. Uh, You know, we have a fall ball program, and we have some winter camps that we offer to try to expose kids to the sport and and those kinds of off season things. But in general, uh, our sport has mostly confined itself to our play season, Uh, and as a result, I think we've had. You know some success in, in encouraging those multi-sport athletes to have baseball as part of the pantheon of sports they play. So if you're a, if you're a club volleyball player, uh, there's some things that you can do so you can still play in baseball. Uh, baseball Alberta, for example, has an has a aspect of our season that we call late entry, uh, where teams can enter uh, in June uh, instead of at the normal beginning of the season in May. And we've done that to accommodate a lot of multi-sport athletes, including, say, spring hockey players. So we try to do some things to, to facilitate those that want to participate in our sport to not have barriers related to the fact they're playing other sports as well.
1: Darren DeKinder of Baseball Alberta joining us here on the arena on 770 CHQR. We're going to continue this discussion in a moment.
0: I'm Jock Wilson. And I'm Dave Rowe. There's nothing better than having the inside track, knowing more before anyone else does.
2: That's what the Stampeder Podcast is all about. The Calgary Stampeder Podcast is not about the X and O's. We're going to take you inside the locker room. We're going to feature stories on your Calgary Stampeder players, alumni players as well. We're going to take you inside the coach's office. And hey, this podcast is about you, the fans.
0: Look, Jock and I, Mark Steven, Greg Peterson, we travel with the team, we're on the sidelines, and we're in every broadcast booth in the CFL with the game call we know more with the radio voice of the stampeders and having almost three decades of partnership with the team allows us to tell the stories you're just not going to hear anywhere else the calgary stampeder podcast
2: can be found in all your favorite locations like our website apple podcast google play tune in you're listening to the arena with dave and joe on 770 chqr Let's hop right
1: back into it. Darren DeKinder from Baseball Alberta talking about the state of the game here. We've seen a little bit of success uh, in the last few years. Obviously, the big one this summer, and that's been the focus of a lot of people here in Calgary when it comes to baseball fans, is watching Mike Soroka pitch for the Atlanta Braves. But uh, over the summer, we saw the the Major League Baseball draft, and we saw kids like Eric Sabrowski being drafted out of the Edmonton area. There's been some really interesting success stories. How does that play into sort of the, the growth of the game from Baseball Alberta's perspective?
0: Well, that's, uh, that's another really interesting question. I, you know, I think, uh, you know, that old saying that if you, if you have uh, talent somehow you'll get discovered, I think there's some truth to that. Uh, I know that the Toronto Blue Jays have done a lot more. Uh, over the last number of years, to try to identify and develop Canadian talent. If you look at the Tournament 12 mm-hmm. uh, tournament they have every fall, I mean, that's really what that's all about. Uh, and through that, I think that there's been more opportunities for um, discovery uh, of these kinds of players. And then you kind of couple that with the growth of Academy Baseball. Um, and so all these players now are getting access, I think, to really good coaching. Uh, and, uh, you know, really having a chance to hone and refine the, the skills and talents that they have. And, uh, and yeah, eventually they're, they're getting kind of discovered along the way. Um, you know, this is a bit of a two-edged sword in a way. I mean, I, I like the fact that it creates excitement in our young players. They see the opportunity to play college baseball, to get drafted, to maybe have a chance to play in the majors like, like Mike Soroka. I think this is awesome for the dream part of the sport, which is important. Uh, the other edge of that is sometimes this raises the expectations of parents and players and families um, that every kid somehow should have the opportunity to get there, and, and not every kid is going to be able to get there. Yeah,
1: And that's definitely one of the challenges is is you've got to kind of be self-aware, for lack of a better term, is understanding that, you know, much like we have that issue maybe in hockey a little bit, is just because you've spent all this money to to make the dream happen, Sometimes you're you might be the big fish in the little pond here in Alberta, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a big fish everywhere else along the along the way.
0: Yeah, no question that that's true. It's it's there's so many factors that go into um, making your route through through a sport like this. Um, you know, players have to make decisions about whether they choose to specialize. You know, you mentioned Otani, and you know he's probably the example in the majors of this great two way player. Um, still. Pretty uncommon in the sport, as as it were. So uh, you know, as as players get to the end of their midget career and are starting to look at college, they have to decide. You know, am I gonna am I gonna pursue uh, the pitching stream? Am I gonna am I gonna try to be an everyday player? Am I good enough to hit at the everyday level? Um, and those things obviously factor into what their opportunity is going to be to play at the next level.
2: What well, what would your advice be for you know, let's say a, a young 15, 16 year old who's Trying to make that decision on whether I need to, you know, become a a right fielder or, or a pitcher, or you know, what would you would you say to him? As you know, it's such a long road to make it to the to the top level.
0: Yeah, I think the first advice that I would I would try to give a lot of those players is to you have to trust to some degree the instincts of your coaches. Um, you know, a lot of players, you know, have faith in themselves, that kind of confidence they need to have to be elite at that level, which is a good thing. Um, but the coaches have, a, I think, a little longer-term perspective on what's possible, kind of what the ceiling might be for any given player, and I think that if, if your coach is encouraging you to perhaps specialize in an area, um, that might be something for you to consider, you know, in terms of developing your skills in, in one of the key positions, if that's an area that you're going to specialize in.
1: One of the curious points I have as well, and, and we're starting to see some headlines in other parts of the country, but is the the women's game, the girls' game, and in particular noticing that the Baseball Canada Cup rosters, the Baseball Canada roster for the World Baseball Cup coming up uh, down in the States later on this uh, summer happens to have, I think, five Albertans on it. What's the girls' game like here in this province?
0: You know, uh, we've put a, a lot of effort in the last number of years into trying to grow uh, girls' baseball and to try to encourage more participation of female athletes in the sport. Uh, And, and we've been lucky to have some people involved in the sport in, in our province that are very passionate about, encouraging girls to play baseball. Uh, so we have a, a director on our board of directors named uh, uh, Tara Laconich. Uh, Tara was a national team player, and, and Tara has been heavily involved in trying to, you know, create grassroots camps and, and things to try to get, um, you know, girls involved in the sport at a young age so they can explore the sport and, and discover if it's something that they want to pursue. Uh, and just most recently this year, uh, we've hired a um, – a a girls uh, baseball technical coordinator um, named Chris James. And Chris has spent uh, countless hours this season uh, traversing the province to try to create uh, skills development camps, uh, identification camps so we can find those players out there that want to play our sport, identify them, uh, start to get them access to many of our member associations and the kind of coaches that exist there, so that uh, we can create that that progression, uh, I'm thrilled that uh, of the number of female athletes that made the the national team this year. I mean, there's some there's some great young athletes uh, uh, participating in our sport um, that are going to be a part, I think, of Canada's National Women's Team for for some years to come. Yeah, uh, I would, I would some point interesting... to their catcher, Caitlin Ross, as an example, who's a you know it's just a, a dynamic young athlete for sure
1: yeah there's uh, i was just when uh, having talked to a few of them the two that really struck out to, stuck out to me was uh, nicola chansky who's been around for quite a while and then on the on the flip side is you got a uh, young lady madison Willen, who plays both hockey and baseball she golfs and she's 17 yeah, you know yeah. like there's just, there's such a wide range and and it's athletes like those that are gonna uh, do well for for the program in in the years to come
0: yeah no no question madison will is another really good example 17 years old i mentioned caitlin ross also 17 years old and then uh it's hard to call her old but um but Nicole <laughs> now is a certainly a veteran of the program and, and probably uh you know has a as a role to play in terms of leadership of that young group and mm-hmm. and helping them um you know develop and 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 get to those opportunities at the national level the international level
2: well in in wrapping then uh you know you, you talked off of the, off the hop about how you know you guys did see a little little boost from the blue jays and and uh you know their success over the last uh, you know four or five years and not so much you know the last two but uh how do you you know with them not being as successful with maybe not getting as many eyes how do you guys continue to grow the game in the province
0: I, I think we've still got laser focus on the grassroots of baseball. I think that the key to the growth of the sport isn't spending um, the majority of your time at the elite level. I think there's lots of people around that, that do spend some time at the elite level. I think that the elite players um, have lots of opportunity in this province. I'm not suggesting they're not important. But I think that as the, you know, sort of amateur sport organization, uh, continuing to uh, support our members to offer um, programming at the, at the youngest age groups, uh, continuing to offer um, good coach development programs and official development programs to help those associations, I think is the key to, to you know, building a strong sport.
1: A great way of uh, wrapping things up here. Thank you so much, Darren, for joining us today. And, and all the best as you guys uh, wind down the baseball season.
0: My pleasure. Good talking to you guys.
2: That's Darren Kinder from Baseball Alberta. And Joe, a lot of things going on in Alberta baseball that, you know, you definitely don't really know about, you know, you, it's kind of funny. You think, Hey, they show up to the field, they play, the, they play the game and, you know, things are working out. Cause you know, we got some good teams in the province, but no, some really cool stuff. It all kind of ties in, right? You, you see these kids grow up, uh, you know, let's say an Alberta kid grows up and, you know, he plays ball and he's learning different positions and stuff like that. And uh grows up and eventually becomes an Okotoks dog. Well, those kids out there watching the Okotoks dogs, their main focus is probably from the guy, let's say from Okotoks. Mm-hmm. And then wow, now that kid's following the game, and that now he's following the Okotoks dogs. He wants to become that next guy, and it's just a its a cycle, right? And and that's that's where I think they're really starting to succeed in growing the game, is we had a little bit of a lull in the mid-2000s where, you know, the cannons were gone, and, and uh, you know, the Vipers were in town, the dogs uh, were in Calgary at that point, mm. and yeah, I think maybe if you looked back at the numbers, don't know this for sure, you might see a little dip because a lot of guys weren't getting to see that high-quality baseball up close and personal. I think it's awesome that they get to now. I think it's awesome that there's guys from from Alberta playing for teams from Alberta.
1: Well, and I think what you're starting to see as well is guys who started out as like the bat boy
2: are yeah. making their <laughs> yeah, way. And exactly. and there, there are a
1: couple of cases in Oak Tokes in particular, but I can say that even from a standpoint of Edmonton seeing the same thing and medicine hat with the Mavericks are saying this, seeing the same thing is you've got these kids who started off as the bat boy. And then they make their way to, especially in Oak Tokes with dogs Academy they go up through that system. And then, of course, because they've invested so much time in developing that kid at that level, then when they get to college and they play junior college for the first year, they're like, hey, come back here. We'll help you play for the full year. And then hopefully you end up to a Division One school in in the NCAA. And you're starting to see more and more kids. And you talk to a lot of the, the guys who are doing the developing their goal isn't necessarily to get the kid to the major leagues. Exactly. Right? Their goal is, Hey, if you can get them to a D one school, yeah, that's, that's a nice little feather in the cap. And there are plenty of Alberta kids that are, are make turning some heads uh, south of the border right now. in in post sec,
2: um, it's, it's, Let's be honest. It's probably the the toughest grind to become a, profe- uh, not a professional, but to be playing the major leagues, mm. playing the top level. It's probably the biggest grind, independent leagues, a ball, uh, rookie, a ball, double a ball, summer, double a ball, triple a ball. Like you, most guys have to play every single one of those levels. That's why mm-hmm. you don't see guys get into the major leagues until their later twenties. And uh, I just think what baseball Alberta is doing uh, with, with the grassroots. And I think you heard from, uh, from our guest, Darren there. Uh, it's great, and that's that's where you got to start building the game, and and the programs are are obviously successful.
1: So we've talked about the future and sort of the present of baseball, but what about the past? And what that's a story that I think we want to dive into. So in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to start working as soon as this show is over. Essentially, yeah. we want to start working <laughs> on Calgary's past in particular. There is a big building in the city that is basically vacant. Ninety-eight percent of the year. It's a shame. What could baseball have in store for some of you? Will remember it as Burn Stadium. Others will remember it as Foothill Stadium.
0: But ah, the memories, in amongst
1: us, uh, Canons fans, here's the interesting part in all of this: is while everybody's having the discussion about a new hockey arena or Calgary next or New McMahon or whatever you want to talk about, there's a piece of land here that might have some questions surrounding it and we're going to dive into that a little bit more uh, in a couple of weeks time. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to leave us a comment on uh, Twitter at the arena YYC. And of course, if uh, you want to download the episode, all you got to do is head on over to iTunes, Google play and tune in. That's where you can find us uh, on the interwebs. I'm Joe McFarland. I'm Dave McIver. And this is another edition of the arena here on 770 CHQR.